Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Roto World Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and with me here once again is Drew Silva. This is the final edition for the 2017 regular season. And I don't know about you, Drew, but I cannot wait to watch some playoff baseball. I know, man. I, I Just looking at the the projected playoff bracket today, I, there's just so many exciting teams. I mean, this was a very top-heavy season. You know, you've got the haves and the have-nots, which kind of made for a boring regular season, maybe. Um, we don't really have any races that are that close, you know, entering the final weekend. Maybe maybe none, really, to be honest. Um, but you look at the, the teams that are going to be in it, and it's it's going to be some great playoffs that, you know, like I, I, I complain about um, how much we have to work during the regular season. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's just nice to be able to sit back and watch, you know, two games a day and actually watch some baseball and, and not have to worry about writing up, you know, a bunch of player news blurbs. I, I, I'm really looking forward to this October. I, I think it's going to be a, a great one. Yeah, I mean, it's we track everything every day, all you mm-hmm. know, all the games that are going on, but just to be sort of hyper-focused on a couple of games a day, it's just a totally different way of consuming baseball. So, And also not having to really think about the fantasy implications of everything as well. Uh, you mm-hmm. just kind of enjoy it for what it is for the competition. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. I wish there was some more drama on these final few days. I, I looked in my my Facebook memories today and I saw six years ago was that crazy final day of the season in, in 2011, um, which, you know, the Red Sox choked and they missed out on the playoffs. So there was just craziness going on that mm-hmm. day. Um, we're not going to have that this year, but I think, as you said, I think this uh, this postseason has the potential uh, to really make up for it with these matchups. Uh, the Twins wrapped up the wild card on on Wednesday night, so they're going to get the Yankees in the wild card game. It looks like the uh, Rockies should get the second wild card, but that's still kind of not not official yet. The Brewers are still in the mix. They're actually playing as we record this uh, late Thursday afternoon right now. So they're two and a half games back at the moment. Um, depending on what happens in this game, the Rockies will go into play Friday with either a magic number of two or one. So either way, they're getting super close. Um, and assuming the Rockies hang on, they'll meet the Diamondbacks in the NL wildcard game. And, you know, to be honest, I think I don't really believe in the Rockies that much to get far in the playoffs. I just don't really believe in their pitching. Yeah. But I think if the Diamondbacks get through, they, yeah. they could really challenge the Dodgers. Absolutely, they could. I mean, you've got 
three legitimate starters, and they actually have some depth to their rotation too. Mm-hmm. And you've got Archie Bradley, and the Diamondbacks have talked about using him for multiple innings in the playoffs. They yeah. could they could make it really interesting. That lineup is really tough to get through. JD Martinez is on a tear. He's been on a tear for the last three months. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be exciting. I think the Yankees too, man. If if they beat the Twins. Kind of the same thing with the Twins. I don't think they have the pitching to make a, a late run, but yeah. the Yankees have some pitching and a very deep lineup. Um, I think there's going to be great races all around. The only other thing to, still to be decided in this final weekend is the number one seed in the AL, mm-hmm. but the Indians won on Thursday afternoon, so you know, they have a game-and-a-half lead on that race over the Astros. So I think most pretty much our matchups are set here. Right. Um, yeah, so, so you've got Astros... Red Sox in one ALDS, Indians versus the wild card winner in the other ALDS, Cubs Nationals. I mean, that's going to be amazing. Be great. Yeah, and then yeah, Rockies or Diamondbacks versus the Dodgers. Um, it's just it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be good for TV ratings too. Yeah, I mean, you look at that Nationals Cubs series. I mean, the Cubs. I mean, they've actually scored the most runs of any team in the majors during the second half, but. That lineup just doesn't scare me as much as it did last year, and I think their rotation has a lot of questions in it right now. So I know that the Nationals really haven't they haven't advanced past the NLDS and with all the success they've had in recent years, but I think this could be the year for the Nationals to get over that hump and at least get into the NLCS. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we could have said that about you know their last few trips to the playoffs as sure. well, but... Um, it's going to be a disappointment if they lose again in, in the NLDS. But they, they have uh, all the weapons that you need to make a really late run. But I think you could say that for every team that's in this. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen. In small yeah. sample, anything can happen. That's kind of what we have to be prepared for. I'm just rooting for really exciting baseball. And I think there's a pretty <laughs> Go If ahead. you have to pick a team, I know you're a Mets fan, but if you have to pick a team, who do you want to win it all? I, I've been struggling with that. I mean, I would say like the Twins because... You know they're like lovable losers, but I don't think they actually have a shot. I th- I'd say the Indians. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm with the Indians too. Um, it's been such a long time, and I have a lot of friends from Ohio because I went to college there. Hmm. Um, and they're they're uh, the friends that I have that are Indians fans are are really passionate about it and really excited about this year. As yeah, they, they were last year. They got so close last year. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I, I really love their team. I love Francisco Lindor. Uh, they have Jay Bruce now, so X-Met, <laughs> shout out. Yeah. Um, he had his 35th homer uh, Thursday. He's had a really good year, actually. Um, yeah, I think Indians are my team, but we'll see. You know, uh, I, It's just nice to watch good baseball teams as opposed to what I've been watching for the past five <laughs> months. So uh, I hear you. I'm with you there. <laughs> so I'm excited. Uh, there isn't too much to add about the weekend as far as fantasy baseball is concerned, but we'll get into a couple of things here in a minute before taking an extremely early look toward 2018. Before we get into all that, once again, a reminder to subscribe to this show if you don't already. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts and this show has helped you out this year in your fantasy league, please consider reading and reviewing this show. That would mean a lot. Uh, We're going to take a little bit of a break after this episode, but we'll be back after the postseason to preview the hot stove. And then we'll check in during the winter meetings before ramping things up when the new year begins. All about getting ready for the 2018 season. 
Uh, but just to get us started here, a couple of quick headlines. Bryce Harper finally back with the Nationals. He ended up missing 41 games due to a bone bruise in his left knee, suffered when he slipped on the first base bag back on August 12th. He had three plate appearances in his first game back on Tuesday, went 0 for 2 with a walk, uh, had four plate appearances on Wednesday, hit into a couple of double plays, single and stole a base, uh, struck out in his final at bat, left the game in the sixth inning. So the Nationals are kind of easing him into things. I think the whole idea is just to get his timing back uh, before the postseason. I'm not sure how much fantasy owners can count on him this weekend. I really wouldn't, but... Obviously a great sign for the Nationals to have him back and get him some at-bats before the postseason. Yeah, he's getting the night off Thursday um, after admitting to having some soreness. But I, I think that it was probably a scheduled night off anyway. Um, they, you know, they can get him prepared for the NLDS with a bunch of simulated games. There's no way to replicate the feel of a, of a live game. But I expect he'll play in all three of their games this weekend. But like they've done the past two nights, probably pull him by fifth or sixth inning there's no reason to to risk a re-injury you're just wanting him to see live pitching Mm -hmm. um you know i mean they need him obviously in the playoffs um they they haven't had any success with him on their team yet he's scheduled to become a free agent after next year um it's it's crunch time for bryce harper in the nationals yeah um obviously a big storyline this week is players being shut down could be for Workload issues, innings limits, whatever the case might be. Uh, so we're seeing regulars also being rested. So uh, players bound for or players on teams bound for the postseason. So that's kind of the thing you're going to have to keep an eye out for this weekend. Things can and often change on a dime, basically. So just be ready. Obviously, you know if you're in a weekly league, you've already kind of made your decisions. But in leagues with daily transactions, you can still make some tweaks here and there throughout the weekend. So just keep an eye out for that stuff. Uh, we did see some early shutdowns this week. Madison Baumgartner with the Giants. He's not injured, fortunately. No crazy accident this time. But uh, <laughs> the Giants have the worst record in the majors. No sense pushing him any further. Of course, Baumgartner uh, suffered a grade 2 sprain of the AC joint in his left shoulder in a dirt biking accident back in late April. There were all sorts of concerns about what he would look like when he came back. We We had no idea what to expect. Uh, but he was fine. 3-4-3 ERA and 13 starts since returning. Uh, should enter 2018 healthy, barring any other ill-advised off-the-field activities, you know, sword fighting or whatever he <laughs> might want to do. Uh, but all things are looking good for him going into 2018. Um, anyway, there were some other notable shutdowns if you want to get into that. Yeah, White Sox pitching coach Don Cooper announced Tuesday that Lucas Giolito would not make his final scheduled regular season start this weekend, uh, noting that the 23-year-old right-handers first go-round with with the team couldn't have gone any better, um, and then that's a fact. Uh, Giolito finished on a high note, having registered a 2.38 ERA and 0.95 WHIP in 45 and a third innings after getting called out from AAA Charlotte in mid-August. Um, Giolito was acquired last offseason for the Nationals as part of the Adam Eaton trade, and didn't get off to a very good start at Charlotte this year, but seemed to figure out something as the calendar turned to July, and I think is now positioned as a, a high upside fantasy starter for the 2018 campaign. He totaled 174 innings this year between AAA Charlotte and the Chicago White Sox, so he should be good for a full 200 inning slate in 2018. This is the former top overall pitching prospect in baseball when he was still in the national system. Um, kind of had a down 2016, 
had a down first half in 2017, but you know really came into his own in the second half this year, and is I think kind of fl- flown under the radar, even even though he was so hyped. Um, we love our post hype fantasy guys on the Roto World Baseball Podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I just looking at his numbers uh, when I was putting together waiver wired last week, his velocity hasn't really been what it's been in the past i think that's the thing we're going to need to watch next spring um at least as far as maintaining the strikeouts um but yeah i mean as far as a a first go around uh with the white Sox, of course acquiring that big trade uh, i'm sure the white Sox are thrilled uh another building block for the for him uh for them rather uh i'm sure he's going to be a popular potential breakout guy next spring but not someone i think you're going to have to pay pay a huge price for I'd expect them to be sort of a late round guy, and that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of promising to me that he's had such such success with diminished velocity because, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that's why he had such success in high school, and you know, as, as a young player, is because he could just blow pitches by batters, and then just learning how to pitch, learning how to use his other, um, you know, his full arsenal better has has helped him achieve success because he has other good pitches. He's not just a fastball guy. Yeah, um, the change, so I, changeups a really good pitch for him. Yeah, it is. Um, and so I think that's kind of promising that he's learning how to be more of a pitcher rather than just a thrower at such a young age. Um, I, I, I'm pretty optimistic about him going forward. The other um, early shutdown that's kind of notable is uh, Alex Cobb. Rays manager Kevin Cash announced earlier this week that he would not make his final regular season start Thursday night against the Yankees. Jacob Faria is getting that that start in his place. This allows Cobb to head into free agency with his 3.66 ERA and 1.22 WHIP intact. Um, we talked last week about the lack of high quality free agent starting pitching that will be available to teams this winter. Um, so Cobb should do pretty well for himself, even with the questions lingering about his durability and and swing and miss ability. Um, he struck out only 128 batters and 179 plus innings this year, uh, a K per nine of 6.4, which is very low. Uh, that's the lowest mark since he broke into the majors in 2013, which wasn't even a full season for him. But, um, you know, we're going to talk about some other pitchers later when we get into our rankings for 2018. But you've got you Darvish, Jake Arrieta, Lance Lynn, and then probably Alex Cobb. And then from there, it's there's just a huge drop off. So I think he's looking at a multi year deal, maybe even like a, a four year deal in in the sixty million, seventy million dollar range, yeah. because there's just so so much money in baseball, and every team wants starting pitching. And you know he he's proven to be a good one in the past. He he has all sorts of injury issues. Um, you know, not a guy that you can normally rely on for two hundred innings, but you know put put together a pretty good walk here in Tampa Bay. Yeah, he's only he'll be thirty in October. So yeah. yeah, I could see him getting a three or four year deal uh in this market. And you know, if he does go to an NL team, maybe he'll, yeah. he'll pick up some more strikeouts. So um he's someone I'd I'd actually be, you know, probably pretty aggressive with next year depending on where he ends up. Even if he signs with a team like the Red Sox or something, at least he'd get the run support, be in a good situation there. So um a good promising first full season back from Tommy John surgery for him. Um, There were a couple of hitters who got shut down too. Adrian Beltre with the Rangers. No need to mess around with that hamstring now that the Rangers are out of things. At least Willie Calhoun will get a chance to play over the weekend. He's someone to keep an eye out for next year. 
Adrian Gonzalez with the Dodgers, he's kind of been a non-factor over the past few months, but he's out uh, for the rest of the year with his back injury, not going to be on the postseason roster. Not that fantasy owners are really counting on him at this point. Who knows what to expect from him in the future, really, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, with so little really to talk about in regard to strategy for the final weekend, we figured now would be a good time to do sort of an extremely early look toward 2018. Just a fun little exercise to finish things out here, not taking it too seriously. Uh, But we each came up with a quick list of our top 10 hitters and top 10 pitchers for 2018. Um, I I don't know exactly how we're going to do this, but if you want to get us started with the hitters, maybe we'll just kind of go back and forth. Um, Yeah, number one, Mike Trout. I think we both have him up there. Okay, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Easy. Let's um, just start at number two, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, just Trout, you know, he's Trout. Uh, he'll finish with an OPS in the thousands for the first time in his career. Um, maybe could have set a new career high in homers had he not missed all of June in the first two weeks of July with a UCL tear in his yeah, left thumb. Yeah, it's a shame, thumb. man. It's a shame. Yeah, probably could have reached 30 stolen bases, too. Um, yeah, you wonder nice. where the Angels might have been, too. They might have been a wild sure. card team. I think you could almost guarantee it. I mean, well, they're one and a half win, wins away right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, seven weeks of Mike Trout gets you one and a half wins. Yep. Um, it'd be nice if the Angels could improve the lineup around him um, this offseason just to boost his fantasy stock, get him more shots at RBIs and runs scored and whatnot, those, those stats that rely on on other players. Yeah. But you know, the Justin Upton situation is going to be interesting to watch whether he opts out. It seems like he probably should. Um, but if he stays with the angels, that's obviously good news for trout and good news for Upton. Yeah. I think Upton's going to have a tough call. I mean, we saw last off season teams don't really value power as much as they did. Um, but, but he is a pretty good all around player. He's had a really good year. Yeah, he has had a really good year. So, and 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 the the market is weak, so maybe he will capitalize on that. But it is an it'd interesting be not, call. Yeah, I mean the, the Angels will they need to beef up their lineup. Andrelton Simmons' offensive emergence has certainly helped, and yeah. and maybe manager Mike Sosha will drop Albert Pujols to sixth or seventh in the lineup where he belongs. Um, but either way, I, I mean, yeah, Trout's our number one for sure. Yep. Number two, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, first I base. Agreed. Diamondbacks. Okay, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love Goldschmidt. I mean, has, has a chance to set new career highs in homers and RBIs with even just a semi-decent weekend, final weekend. Um, has already reached a career high in runs scored with 117 thanks to an improved lineup around him in Arizona. Just a, a five-category stud and a great home ballpark for offense with a good lineup around him. Um, Arizona re-signing J.D. Martinez, which I, I think could happen, would, would certainly help his cause. And first base isn't as deep as it used to be, so the positional scarcity thing doesn't really bother me. Yeah, and you get the speed, you know, that you really yep. don't get from a lot of other first basemen. That's kind of what has set him apart with me. Uh, 18 steals this year, so still useful in that category. Just safe all around, and I think you're drafting. You know, this is the way I always approach drafts, especially at the top of the board, is just to pick the safest players possible. And with with Trout and Goldschmidt, I don't think you could really get any safer than that. Yeah, just so safe, locked in with with five categories of you know to help you help your squad. Um, number three is Bryce Harper for me. All right, I have well two a third. Damn. Okay. Um, I mean Harper was trending toward his second National League MVP 
when he slipped on that wet first base bag on August 12th at Nationals Park. We know all about the talent, the power, and I think the lineup around him keeps getting better with Anthony Rendon emerging as a star and Daniel Murphy doing his thing and Trey Turner hopefully getting on base at a better clip moving forward. Um, Adam Eaton coming back as well to, to bring some more OBP to the top of that lineup. I think you've also got the fact that 2018 is a walk year for Harper, um, and he's almost certain to land the biggest contract in, in MLB history, perhaps even sports history, if his health cooperates. So maybe he's not running into walls and you know running on wet bases as, mu- as much as as he did in the previous years, just trying to protect himself. Yeah. Um, but but still putting up monster power numbers. Um, the, the Altuve thing, man, I have him too low. And like, even was, as I was writing notes on him, I was like, he's, he's too low. You, <laughs> you, you could make a case for him being number, number two overall. You could, yeah, and, you could. And I haven't have him at number six. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I put him third just because I, it's again, just being safe. Um, lock, sure. lock for a high batting average, basically he turned in the same season he did last year when a lot of us were like, he's not going to hit, you know, mid 20 homers again. And here he is basically did the same thing uh just really no negatives with him across the board really useful contributor could be the al mvp if it's not aaron judge uh just been has been really consistent all year long love that lineup so yeah just another kind of safe pick i had harper at four um just worried a little bit about the injury history but i think you make some good points maybe he won't take as many risks but then again that is just sort of the way he plays so. Yeah, I mean Altuve will finish with the best batting average of any player in baseball. Currently batting three forty seven, like you said, a five category player. He's only twenty seven years old. Twenty four home runs each of the last two seasons. Thirty two steals this year. Um, sporting the best OPS of his career at nine sixty five. And like you said, the Astros lineup is amazing and young. And I think they'll be even better in two thousand eighteen. I think Alex Bregman is a huge breakout candidate. He's already kind of broken out, but um, you know, I, I think we'll see more counting stats from him in, next year. You, you could easily make the argument for Altuve going second or third in a fantasy draft next spring. There's no reason to expect regression with him. No. I mean, we should maybe even expect more from him. That's possible. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Every time we doubt him, it seems like, uh, you know, he comes back and, and is better. So, I mean, you never know. Um, he's, he's got everything going for him. I'm not going to have him sixth when we do this next spring. <laughs> okay. I, I promise. <laughs> so who's your, four, Go ahead. Yeah, number four. Number four for me is Charlie Blackman. Okay. Um, he's enjoyed the best year of his career, a legitimate MVP contender in the National League, might even win it. Um, leads all National League hitters in batting average. Leads all MLB hitters in both hits and runs scored. He's also produced 100 RBIs somehow as a leadoff man. Um, the numbers are juiced by the 81 games he gets to play at Coors Field. But, you know, Blackman will be back with the Rockies in 2018. It's his final year of salary arbitration. So you'll hear no whining from the fantasy world about the, the Coors effect. I mean, that's it's part of why you draft him. Um, the stolen bases have dropped, and he does turn 32 years old next summer. So that's kind of a drawback, but... I, I think he's good for probably 15 or so steals next year and the same kind of um, you know run scored, batting average, home runs. Not Probably not the 100 RBI production anymore, but um, I, I, he's pretty safe. You know, If we're talking about safe guys you want to draft in the first round, a dude that plays 81 games at Coors Field and has that kind of dynamic skill, um, you know, it's, it's huge. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I have Blackman fifth behind Altuve and Harper. Um, you could probably make a case for putting him ahead of Harper at this point. Um, yeah. And he's a guy, I, Blackman is a guy I've doubted too uh, when he initially kind of broke out. I was expecting regression, but he's another guy who just keeps getting better. Um, you know, uptick in power this year, not running as much this year as you mentioned, but maintain the batting average, obviously playing in Coors Field, huge advantage. So, yeah, I mean, I feel pretty safe about him as well. Number five, I have uh, Manny Machado. Do you have him in your top ten? He's not in my top ten. Damn. Wow. All right. I'm glad we have some some differentiation here. This makes for good. He's on the good... fringes, though. But, yeah, he's yeah. not in my top ten. Um, I mean, the first half production was pretty concerning. And he's actually fading pretty badly here in September after a really good July and August. But um, that could have something to do with the Orioles falling out of contention. I'm working on narrative street here. Uh, Machado's a pretty emotional player, um, but I'll steal that narrative to point out that he's due to become a free agent after the 2018 season, like Harper, could be looking at a contract north of $300 million, I think, with a bounce-back season. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the batting line dip, the overall batting line dip we've seen in 2017, I mean, his OPS is in the 700s, which is not normal for him. Um, he's 25 years old. He has 33 home runs and 95 RBIs. Camden Yards is a great place for power, a great place to put in one last monster season before he hits the open market and really tries to cash in huge. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't shock me if he ended up being a top 10 value uh, next year. So, I mean, I I like him generally. I would say he's probably in my top 15 Mm -hmm. going into next year, but it was just... It was hard to put these top 10 hitters together. I agree. Honestly, there's, there's so much talent out there that... It's difficult. Um, I had Nolan Arenado at six, and uh, it's just another another safe guy, really. I mean, uh, as you know, sort of like Blackman in that same. You know, you get the advantage of playing in Coors Field. Uh, Arenado is on track for leading the National League in RBIs for the third straight season. Just a great situation there. I mean, he's as consistent as it gets. So uh, again, another safe guy. Feel pretty good about him. Yeah, won't reach 40 home runs probably after slugging 42 in 2015, 41 in 2016, but high 30s is still pretty darn good. And yeah, I mean, he's going to finish with 130 plus RBIs for the third straight season, has a career high 951 OPS. Um, You know, he's a virtual lock, I'd say, next year for 35 plus homers and 120 plus RBIs, which are great numbers for the third base position. I have him eighth. Okay. So who's your six? Who's number six for you? Altuve was number six. Okay, that's right. Okay, so and then number seven is Giancarlo Stanton. Okay, is he in your top ten? He's not on my top ten. He's uh, right. he's basically right. number eleven for me. Okay, he just yeah, I mean, missed it. Stanton was able to stay off the disabled list this year, and we got to see what he's capable of over a you know nearly 160 game slate. You know the numbers: nearly 60 home runs, nearly 130 RBIs. It would help his pro- projections for 2018 if he if he gets traded this winter to a more hitter friendly environment. And there are a lot of rumblings that a deal is going to go down this That's winter. That's very possible. Yeah, um, I heard Bob Nightingale on MLB Network today talking about how the Marlins are 400 million dollars in debt. And that's what Jeter and Bruce Sherman are taking over. That's why Jeter's firing like Jeff Conine or whatever. <laughs> Mr. Marlin. You let go of Mr. Marlin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's getting rid of those those positions where you just pay guys to, to show up to games. Um, yeah. So, 
yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get traded. We'll see where where he lands. I mean, what if it's Yankee Stadium? I'm I'm projecting him for 70 homers in the Yankee Stadium. <laughs> you know, I I, I mean, I, I think Marlins Park is a hard place to hit homers, but he's he's at 57 right now with three games to play. Um, so I I don't know. I there's are some of these rankings where we just don't know where guys are going to wind up, um, and he's one of them. Yeah, I, I, the only reason I didn't put him in my top ten was just because of the injury history, um, yeah. and you're paying a big premium on basically him duplicating it when um, just power is so plentiful right now. Um, and yeah. you, you look at, you know, you may you may be able to get JD Martinez in the second or third round. Uh, so you know, I'm, that's kind of what I was thinking with it. Um, number seven for me was Carlos Correa. Um, was nice. having a great year prior to suffering the torn ligament in his thumb. Uh, has been sort of so-so in September, but that's not necessarily unexpected. I think we've sort of been waiting for him to put it all together. It was kind of disappointing last year. Um, but I think, you know, 2018 in that lineup, I think he's really primed uh, to have that monster year we've been waiting for. He's still so young, uh, so I couldn't let him fall any further than seven. Yeah, I have him at 10. Um, and I had ranked him 10th overall when we did this last year. And I feel pretty good about that call, even though it was maybe questionable at the time. And even though he hasn't put up those you know, top 10 numbers this year, it's because of the torn thumb ligament that cost him seven weeks. Yeah, And also, that's a, a pretty offense, offensive production sapping injury. Um, and we saw, we saw that in the first two weeks after he came off the disabled list. But He's been red hot over the last week um, with the playoffs approaching. Makes the Astros that much more dangerous. A 920 OPS, 23 homers, 81 RBIs in 106 games this year. I think he'll get back to stealing more bases in 2018. I mean, he's only just turned 23 years old, so there's no real reason for that that drop. Um, Only has two right now in 2017, but he, he swiped 27 bases between his rookie and sophomore seasons, and that rookie season wasn't even a full year. Um, so I, I think we will see more of that. He's just a really well-rounded player and an awesome lineup that is only going to get better. Yep. Uh, so I think we're number eight. Number eight. I had Arenado at number eight. Okay. I had Mookie Betts at number eight, hmm. and uh, it's been a weird year from him for him. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I can understand the hesitation, honestly. Uh, with the kind of season he's had. I mean, I think this spring he was basically number two overall in most leagues. So definitely disappointing. And I could see him kind of being polarizing uh, next year. But still, you look at the pop and the speed that he offers. Uh, I'm kind of looking for that across the board fantasy impact. Um, You also consider the ballpark and the potential lineup, which I think will be improved over the winter. I'm not really sure what the Red Sox are going to do. Maybe they sign... Eric Hosmer or Mike Moustakis or make a trade for who knows. Uh, but I think that lineup will get better. Um, so I think it could actually be a really nice value in 2018, you know, later on in the first round. Yeah, I think, I mean, if even if he like drops to the, the second round, um, I think that's possible because it's, it's just been, I mean, I drafted him number two overall, like very confidently this year um, when I probably should have gone Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be a value next year. Maybe I should have put him, put him in here. My number nine is Joey Votto. Um, did you have him in your top ten? He's not, but he's you know one of the fringe guys, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I listed five fringe guys, and it was Mookie Betts, Chris Bryant, Aaron Judge, Freddie Freeman, and George Springer. 
Mm-hmm. I wanted to put Jose Ramirez up there. Too. I was thinking about that also, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, with with Votto, uh, just you know, stepped up his power game this year. One home run away from matching his career high in that department. Should also reach 100 RBIs for the first time since 2011. Probably the best all around hitter in the sport. I mean, that's probably an argument with with Trout, but. I mean, his career OBP is 428 after this, putting up a 454 OBP this year. Um, I wish more fantasy leagues would factor in OBP, but the fact is they don't. Um, but, yeah, the lineup around him in Cincinnati isn't, like, too awful. It's pretty awful, but you've got Adam Duvall and Scott Shebler's had a pretty good year. I guess Zach Cozart's going to leave, but um, Jose Peraza will hopefully get a little better. Scooter Jeanette um, has been a monster this year. Yeah, he has. That's right. And Scooter. he'll be back. He'll be back. So, yeah. Um, he, there's some talent around him. I wish Billy Hamilton would, uh, you know, get on base more often in front of Votto. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's some talent around there. And as you said, he's a great hitter. So, you know, it's hard to really poke holes in, in what he does. Uh, just unless it's an OB, if he's, if it's an OBP league, he's an easy first rounder. Just gets to sort of where he's more in that fringe territory for me. If it's not. Uh, I had Chris Bryant, number nine, um, counting stats-wise. He's been a disappointment this year. Uh, 29 homers, 73 RBIs. Really doesn't stand out uh, in, you know, in the fantasy landscape in general this year. But if you go by OPS+, Plus, he's actually had a very similar season to what he had last year. Actually has a higher OPS than he had last year, but with power up in the game, you know, we're going to judge by OPS+. Plus. Uh, he's actually a little under what he did last year, but it's overall very, very similar. So... Uh, you look at his age as well. This is another guy where I think the best might still be ahead of him. A uh, lot, of, lot of talent around him in that lineup even still. So I'm on board. I can't let him fall out of the first 10. Yeah, I mean, if, if he drops to the second round next year, that's a huge value. Yeah. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to put him in there because I know he's the counting stats are just – they're going to be a lot better next year. Yeah, it's almost um, like a fluky, the, like, you know, batting average with runners in scoring position. You know, like that's it, yeah. you, that you can never – predict that kind of thing that's so. exactly what it is it's very fluky yeah i wanted to put george springer in there too man i i'm, I'm very high on him the the thing that i think we've all been sort of disappointed with springer in the majors is just he doesn't run enough yeah um, and really hasn't shown a skill at stealing bases either he was like a 40 40 guy in the minors and really hasn't done that in the majors so far but um the power that he's shown this year is, has obviously vaulted his status going into 2018 uh, speaking of power i have aaron judge at number 10 uh, 50 homers as a rookie. I understand if you'd rather have Giancarlo Stanton here, but Judge is younger, comes without the injury history, had that miserable slump coming out of the All-Star break, but I've been impressed with the adjustments he's made down the stretch, sort of closed that hole off in his swing, plays in Yankee Stadium, other hitter-friendly stadiums in the AL East, so I'm going for it. I, I can appreciate that. He was yeah right on the fringe for me. Um, so number 10 for me was was Correa and you had him at what six I have him at or seven seven, seven, seven? Yeah. yeah all right so we're we're pretty close it's pretty close my, my fringe guys were Stanton would be my 11th Machado 12th um and then it kind of opens up there's like Lindor Jose Ramirez you know guys like that Springer Vado Rizzo I, guys like that Freddie Freeman's gotta be up there too man if yeah he, Freeman's he, on here yeah a full year at SunTrust Park if he can stay healthy I think he's gonna put up huge numbers that's fair um, as far as pitchers, I'll get us started here. Clayton Kershaw, number one. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's the Mike Trout of 
fantasy starters. Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of not really a dispute about him there. Just the best pitcher on the planet. Back issues over the past two seasons, so maybe you consider some lost time in the back of your head. You know, you figure that in maybe a little bit, but nobody beats him for what he can do in the form of net production. So even if he had 25 starts, let's say you get 25 starts out of him, he's still going to be amazing. Yeah, uh, we'll, so, we'll finish with an ERA below 2.25 for the fifth straight season, a whip below 0.94 <laughs> for the fifth straight season, a K per nine um, in the tens. Uh, sometimes it's been in the 11s for the fourth straight season. You've got the easier league thing, the pitcher-friendly ballpark thing. Um, it's a pretty safe bet that the Dodgers are going to be awesome again in 2018. Carries great win potential in every one of his starts. Uh, just the locked-in number one starter. Yeah. Easy call. Uh, it, gets yep. a, it gets a lot harder after that. I'll yeah, say. it does. Um, I put Chris Sale number two. Okay. Uh, but I could be convinced for a couple of guys here. Um, I'm just saying Sale because of the strikeout advantage. You know, Over 300 mm-hmm. strikeouts this year really boosted that strikeout percentage uh, this season. But I could really go either way with Kluber, Corey Kluber. He's just been amazing as well. Uh, Kluber's actually my pick for AL Cy Young Award this year. But Sale, again, you know, in a good situation there in Boston, I think the lineup's going to get better for them. Um, so, yeah, I feel good about Sale at number two. Yeah, I mean, between Sale, Kluber, and Max Scherzer, who I have number two, I yeah. think you could throw a dart. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all – I think this is this is the top tier, and then there's kind of a drop-off. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Chris Sale, 300 strikeout season. Um, with with Scherzer, he, I mean, he's also a monster in the strikeouts department, ranked second behind Sale this year with 263 of them. Obviously, that's not 308. Um, but the ERA and whip factors are what I think give him just, just a bit of an edge for me. Pitches in an easier league with no DH and a better home park for pitchers. Um, he is a lot older than, than a lot of these guys. You know, people, He's 33 years old, Scherzer, um, yeah. and I, I don't I don't think people associate that that kind of age with him. So, and he's got a lot of you know tread on his tires. So that's why I put him fourth. I mean, he's awesome, but I was just like, yeah. you know what? May- maybe one of these years the the physical <laughs> issues will catch up to him. But still yeah. expecting excellence. But I put him behind uh, Sale and Kluber for that reason. All right, so I had Sale three, and then Kluber four. Um, I, and I, again, I think all all three of these guys are interchangeable. I guess you could even make, you know, you can make the case that, you know, Kluber deserves and like rightfully deserves the number two overall pitcher yeah. spot. 2.27 ERA, 0.86 whip, 262 strikeouts and 198 innings to go along with 18 wins, which is tied for the major league lead. Um, robotic workhorse uh, gets the job done night Klubot. after night. Klubot, yep. I think um, I think we're going to see a lot of variance behind Kershaw, you know, among where these these guys go next spring. Um, and then, like like, so who'd you who'd you have two, three, four? I have, have Sale, Sale, Kluber, Scherzer. Okay, yep. So we're pretty much on the same boat. Let's move on to number five then. Yeah, this is where it gets interesting. I I put Steven Strasburg number five. Nice, um, me too. Okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, comes with physical concerns of his own. Uh, but he's arguably had his best season this year. And I don't think anybody's really noticed this. Uh, yeah. 263 ERA over 27 starts, over a strikeout per inning, good control, keeps the ball in the ballpark, which is huge, especially uh, during a time when there's so many home runs in the game right now. He hasn't topped 200 innings since 2014, so that's a major factor. But this is another guy you're just thinking about net innings and the production you're going to get. 
there's just plenty to like with him. So I think he's a guy who, when he's when he's healthy, when he's pitching, you're going to feel pretty safe about using him. Yeah, I mean, you just can't predict injuries in general, especially pitcher injuries. If we're projecting Strasburg to go 200 innings next year, I mean, he's right up there with, with Kershaw even, with Kershaw, Scherzer, Sale, and Kluber. Yep. Um, it's, it's just the durability that I think drops him down another tier. Um, if, if, if you like to wait to grab your first ace, which I kind of do, I, I don't like to get into drafting top starters in the first round. Um, I think Strasburg might be your guy, might be my guy next spring. I mean, if he drops to the third round, you've got huge value if you're projecting him at, at 200 innings. Because like you said, I mean, people, I don't think people have noticed that he's, he's having the best year of his career, not from an innings perspective, but from an ERA and whip perspective and the strikeouts have been right where they usually are the walk rate is down from where it was in 2016 he's been great i mean there's a lot of bad teams in the national league east i think that's something maybe we have to think about but uh, i mean next year just realistically i mean are the marlins gonna have a tear down that's very possible yeah um you know the phillies i think we can anticipate them taking another maybe step forward to sort of respectability maybe the same thing you could say for the braves but I don't think they're going to be necessarily postseason contenders next year. So, you know, I, I still feel really good about him kind of, um, you know, cleaning house against some of these weaker teams. Yeah. And then number six, I have Madison Bumgarner, which may be controversial. Um, th- I mean, there were some real concerns, like you mentioned when we were talking about him getting the early shutdown at the top of the show, that he wouldn't return as the same pitcher you know, after he came back from that late April dirt bike accident, which left him with, you know, the sprain of the AC joint in his throwing shoulder. It was actually reported later that it was a complete tear and then another partial tear of the two tendons that connect that AC joint. So that, I mean, that was right. a serious, serious injury. But I think we saw enough in July and August and September to feel confident in his short term and, and long term future. Um, I guess the Giants could be pretty bad in 2018. But it is an even year, so maybe they'll <laughs> recapture some of that even year magic. Um, AT&T Park is a great place to pitch. And um, I, I don't know, I, I think Bumgarner gets back to 200 innings, and, and if he does that, I think he's his old high 2 ERA, 200 strikeout self. Um, he could be a real value next year. Yeah, I put Bumgarner at 9 for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 6 is Luis Severino. Uh, which I wasn't anticipating being that aggressive with him. But as you mentioned, after those top guys, there is sort of a drop-off here. So I wanted to take a chance on someone who's only 23 years old, and you look at what he's done this year, 298 ERA, 230 strikeouts, and 193 in a third innings in the American League East. I mean, that is a huge accomplishment. This is a guy who a year ago, I think we weren't even sure if he was going to be a starter. I think there was some question about whether he'd be sort of a bullpen guy uh, in the long term, but he's really broken out this year. Uh, Katie Sharp of River Avenue Blues uh, tweeted something out last night. She has lots of great tidbits on the Yankees. Severino is the youngest AL pitcher with a sub-3 ERA and 230 strikeouts in a season since Roger Clemens in 1986. Uh, Boom. I mean, these are amazing numbers. I think you're going to have to be really aggressive to get him next year, so that's why I put him this high. Um, but I think I'm willing to buy in on it. He's a guy who could be a top tier fantasy ace for a really long time. 
I have him at number 10, and I actually, I have to be honest, I had him at number 9 um, until I watched Carlos Carrasco pitch today. Okay. <laughs> and, and I moved Carrasco to 9. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Severino's awesome. The, the only real, like, new face on my list. Um, we'll get the start next week's American League wildcard game. Should be exciting to watch. Facing off against Irvin Santana, the Twins. Um, that, that, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, no doubt. Um, number seven for me, I had Zach Granke. Uh, okay. Bounced back from a down first season with the Diamondbacks to post a 3-1-8 ERA with 211 strikeouts and 198 in the third innings this year. 17 wins. I expect the run support to continue there in 2018. Uh, he's impressed me with his bounce back this year. I think he's just kind of a safe guy. I, th- I feel like I can you know, feel pretty confident about him being my number one uh, potentially in a mixed league. Yeah, I mean, the first year of his six-year, $206 million contract was not a very good one. No. But like you said, a huge bounce pack, 3.18 ERA in a tough park for pitchers, Yeah, 1, 1.05 whip, 211 strikeouts in 198 innings. He, he His walk rate is at 2.0 um, over nine innings, 17 wins on a, a team that will host next week's NL wildcard game and should be very good again next year. I have him number eight. Okay. Um, number seven, I have you, Darvish. Okay. Uh, the the trouble in ranking Darvish, obviously for 2018, is that we don't know what uniform he's going to be wearing. Um, a return to Los Angeles, I think, is very possible, maybe even likely, uh, given the Dodgers' big budget. But uh, who knows? Um, yeah, there'll probably be a big bidding war among several teams, given the lack of high-level free agent talent available this winter. Um, and the money that's that, that that teams have around the game. Um, he has a somewhat concerning 3.86 ERA in 186 total innings this year, but I'm pretty encouraged by the walk rate. Uh, the strikeouts have been there. He did spend most of the year um, in, in Arlington, Texas, which is not an easy place to pitch. Um, you know, He'll be three full years removed from Tommy John surgery on opening day in 2018, um, and, and I think he's still kind of building strength uh, from that surgery, maybe uh, if he lands in a good spot for pitchers, which you know Dodger Stadium is one, um, I, I think seven is a good spot for him, and so that's kind of my assumption. Yeah, he's sort of he's outside my top ten, sort of pending what happens this off season. Um, like I said, I have Granky seven, number eight, I have Carlos Carrasco. Um, just sort of he put together that year we've kind of been waiting for. I think we sort of hyped him really high uh, at Roto World over the past couple of years and hasn't really lived up to expectations. But uh, this year he's been awesome. 18-6, and 6, 329 ERA, 226 strikeouts and 46 walks in 200 innings this season. Reached the 200-inning mark on Thursday for the first time. So a lot to like there with him. Uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about him at number eight. Yeah, I, I had him number nine. So we're, we're fairly close on the pitchers, at least. Um, and this isn't really a fantasy-relevant point with Carrasco, but his contract is so amazing. $8 million in 2018, and then a $9 million club option for 2019, and a $9.5 million club option for 2020. Maybe one of the best contracts in baseball Yeah. Um, as, as far as guys that would be you know, in their free agent years at this point. I have Bumgarner at nine, um, and mm. then I closed it out with Justin Verlander at ten. Uh, b- bounced back after a slow start this year. One nine two ERA over his last sixteen starts. One zero six ERA over five starts since being traded to the Astros. He's in a great situation there. He'll be there for a full season next year. Uh, I- I'm buying him again as a top ten starter. 
My, uh, yeah, I mean, he's been so good the last three months. I, I can't really argue with that. Um, my just missed list is Carlos Martinez, Robbie Ray, Jacob deGrom, Jake Arrieta, who's also in that free agent category. Don't know where he's going to land, um, but but has had a really good second half outside of that, you know, grade two ham or grade one hamstring strain. And then Noah Syndergaard, I think, is, is kind of iffy, but I feel yeah. like I had to, had to include him um, in, in some context. I really wanted to put Syndergaard in the top 10, but just we need to see more. I need to see yep. that he's healthy. So, um, you know, next spring I'll probably change my mind and put him in the top 10. Um, but, yeah, on the fringes for me was DeGrom, Robbie Ray, Darvish, Syndergaard, Arietta. So we're kind of on board with a lot of the similar names anyway. Sweet. Um, so that will do it for this week and for the season. Uh, thanks again for listening. This is our second season doing this show and we're looking forward to doing a third and brainstorming for ideas to make the show better for you, the listener. If you have any feedback, you can always email rotoworldbaseballpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at DJ short. Drew is at Drew Silk, and we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the postseason. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.